0: Hey there. What can I get you? I will have one Shifty's podcast, please. Sounds good. I'll be right back. I need one Shifty's podcast on the fly. Heard. Shifty's podcast in the window. Here's your Shifty's podcast. Mmm.
1: I love me some Shifty's podcast in my stomach. That's what I say every time I listen to Shifty's Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Shifty's Podcast. My name is Joey. My name is Andrew. And I'm Wallace. And this is a podcast about restaurants. And the people who work in them. That's our sample intro. It's going to have sounds that aren't from our mouths in it soon. But uh yeah, our Trial run. For those of you who comment on SoundCloud, which is nobody, uh, leave us a comment and uh, tell us what you think of that intro. Speaking of people who do comment on our
1: SoundCloud... Is it Amelia's birthday today? Yes.
2: Happy birthday, Amelia! Happy
1: birthday, Amelia! Can we sing? Along? Happy birthday to you! Yeah. Happy birthday. birthday! I would be bringing you a uh, you know free tiramisu with a candle <laughs> sticking out of it right now. Were you in the room with us? But yeah, you're our biggest fan.
0: And also, you need to be on the podcast soon. It's true. I think. I know.
1: All right. Well, happy birthday is out of the way. Let's get right on down to the quality content you, the listener, have come to expect. This week, it's just the three amigos, the three musketeers, except we killed D'Artagnan in this one because he
0: sucks. Yeah, it's the three musketeers. Yeah, Yeah. it's not the four. Yeah, exactly. It's not the three musketeers and D'Artagnan. That's not the name of the book. Nope. (laughs) It's like the Ghostbusters before...
2: Who's, who the black guy shows up? <laughs> what, what, what actor is it? What actor is it? I don't remember either. It was uh, supposed to be Eddie Murphy,
1: s- and then he couldn't do it. Oh, and really? really? Cut his part way down. I was going to
2: say Wesley Snipes, but it's obviously not Wesley
0: Snipes. Anyway. Can you imagine? Yeah,
2: it's the three guys, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and the third guy. Yeah, the like, third guy.
0: Can you imagine Eddie Murphy being in Go- Ghostbusters? That would be awesome. How
2: good that it would be.
1: It would be so good. So, at my restaurant, we just have hired a new busser, who has never worked in a restaurant before. And, you know, that just brings with it a whole really interesting set of challenges because there's a whole lot of things that, you know, you just don't think about. For example, at a certain phase in the meal, there should be these things on the table. There should not be these things on the table. So all this extra glass is building up. They're getting all these empty glasses, extra plates, all this stuff. And they even asked me, hey could you like take some of these away? I was like, yeah, let me help you out. And I grabbed some of them, but there was too much I was too busy. So I said, hey, I need to go take all the glass off of this table. And he did take all the glass (laughs) off of the table. I came back and there's no water glasses on the table. And the people were even like, uh, uh, I think he took our water glass. I'm like, yeah, why would he do that? So I brought the (laughs) new water glasses. I filled them all up. And I went to this guy. I was like, you don't take their water glasses while they're eating and drinking. He's like, well, you should really like you know, be more clear with what you're asking for.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're right. That is what I asked you for. So you're just a very literal person? I don't know. Has he
2: never eaten in a restaurant before? I, t- You know... <laughs> Has he seen somebody do that
0: before? <laughs> Maybe ever. like in a movie or a TV show? Like, that's his experience with restaurants.
2: <laughs> I think that that speaks to coaching in the sense that I've totally made mistakes. Not that dumb, but I've but followed, followed a lit- instruction literally because I'm not actually thinking in the context of everything I know and how I normally process that's thoughts, a good point point. and rather just I'm petrified and I'm going to follow instructions and hope I don't get in trouble. Especially then, when you're
1: around all those crazy people for the first time and you've yeah. never worked a day in a
2: restaurant mm-hmm. in your life. You're just like, Oh, take all the glass. Huh? It's not in your blood. yet. Common, common sense doesn't overcome the order following that you're trying to do. So I empathize with him. It's still hilarious and yeah. dumb. <laughs> but, what, okay. What did the table not be like, dude, yeah, and I we're know. using these. There were, eight, there were eight people at the table. What happened? Eight, eight, eight separate glasses oh got God. taken, and nobody water. said they,
1: like, all had water in them? they all had varying degrees of water in
0: them. <laughs> wow! And I at know. no
1: point did that guy
2: wonder, "Missy, this, this can't be, this be right." <laughs> <laughs> Not once.
0: Wait, how do, you, how do your busters bust? Do they use trays or bus stubs? Trays. Trays. So he walked around with a tray and stacked all eight water glasses. I don't even know. There were a bunch of other glasses too. Like, a bunch of empty
1: glasses that he was supposed to take that he Mm. did take. So he made it through so many glasses. Like, he must have just been going back and forth to this table to get these glasses the whole time.
2: That's actually insane. Wow, that's like uh, crowd psychology right there. You're with enough people, and so you all just think, well, the the guy next to me didn't say anything when his water glass got taken, so I'm not going to
1: say anything either. (laughs) Plus, when you're like a kid busser, and someone tells you to do something... That is just such a light in the blizzard that your life is. Like, there's so many things you have to do, and you're probably doing them in the wrong order. There would be guests that didn't have any water on their table. No one had come in to bring them water. And he's just, like, resetting another table. Dude, go to them. Go to the people. There's people at that table. There's no one at this table. Don't care about this one. Like, get them good
0: to go. Yeah. Took me a while to learn that, though, myself, so. Mhm. Common sense comes with experience, for sure. The yeah. Restaurant common sense. Can you describe the, the table? I want to know more about what these people look like because I want oh, are to know what, this? who were the people that let they this happen They were like
1: too? VIPs too. Hmm. The guy the mater D comes up to me and he's like, okay, this is a super important guest, blah, 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 blah. Turns out they were a bunch of friends of the owner or something like that. I don't even know. So I was like on high alert, doing everything right, being funny, bringing them wine, just killing it. <laughs> and then... And like, oh no, there's too much stuff. Hey, guy, I need you to get all the glass off of there. Come back. No, I was doing so good. They were super chill with it, though. Actually, when they left, they said one of those like, oh, thanks for dealing with us all night. And of course, I was like, oh, my pleasure. Blah 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 blah. I think it's so funny when people say that.
2: Hey, okay, thanks for dealing with us. The people who you really have to deal with.
0: Don't say that. No.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anybody who's so just nice enough to say thanks for dealing with us was just a joy to serve. Every time. Agreed.
2: We have a special guest on tonight Balder the Cat. (laughs) Where are you at, Balder? Oh, he's running around the studio (laughs) making noises. That's what the noises are in the
0: background. Everybody, don't mind them if you can even hear them. That sounds almost like a really bad cover up. Like we've got someone captive down here and they're trying to escape and we're just like, oh yeah, it's Balder the Cat. It's not worth it trying to, like, go catch him. That would be double effort to try and get that cat
2: and podcast. And honestly, sometimes when you're in restaurants, you have to exert double effort because you get double sat, which is... Double
0: of the week! week.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah, that was good, yeah. Double sat, crazy enough, means getting sat doubly or twice at once. And there is an uh, extension. This is a progressive concept to where you could get triple set, quadruple sat, pentasat, sextasat, septasat, octosat, nonasat, or even
0: decosat,
2: if you really wanted to. I don't well, think you ever wanted
1: I mean, to get DECA set. set what about Eleven set? That's, that's what it's called. <laughs> that's what it is. That is what it actually is called, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, what is the most amount of tables you've had at once? I know for a bartender it's a little different. Like your theoretically your whole rail could fill up and that's all different tabs. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that's less pressure than
0: X tables get in your section at once. Yeah. That's, that's a good nice. question. I probably tend to block most of those nights out in my head, (laughs) I'm being honest, but it was probably like quad set at the spaghetti factory. That's what I would say. Mm. Just when we were just doing crazy business and you can easily get quad set at the spaghetti factory and it's not Mm. a problem, but you can just roll with it. I mean, if you're getting quad set, that means that they know you can handle it Mm. at that point. So like you just kind of roll with it. I'm going to try to get that cat out of here.
1: He's coming through here.
2: God damn it. Do you want to hear my John Lovett impression? Yeah.
1: And we're back. That was really good. I think one of my questions here is how, you know in video games when you get one kill and then it's like double kill, triple kill, (laughs) but like the timer's ticking down and you're like, oh shit, I got to get the quadruple kill. And then you like, you kill somebody, but it's too far and you don't get the quadruple kill because there's too much time. Hmm. How much time has to pass before you're no longer adding to your quadruple sat modifier
2: i think the complex answer is it relates to table touching which is a word of the week that we haven't covered yet that we will basically how many tables are sat i'd say before you can talk to any one table and if you if you immediately go and talk to one and then more happen around that i think that's also included so if you get sat you go up talk to that table and then as you're talking to that table more are added so like on valentine's day i got sat five tables in five minutes would that be a pentasat um, I think the last one, if it was actually an actual five minutes later, it would be slightly different. But if they're all in the same wave in the sense that you've gotten zero drinks out, I was doing one thing with a table. And the next thing I know, I got triple sat. I had three tables.
1: And by the time I was done talking to one of the tables, I had two more tables. You could count that
0: as a penta. <laughs> I would agree with that. I think that if you have got, I think if you've gotten nothing to the table, like if you yourself haven't dropped off water or whatever your first step would be of like taking care of them, then that you're still in the window of being sat technically. Yeah, Combo sat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Your combo is only broken once the table gets some point of service or step of service.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, you drop off the bread basket or whatever. Because then you can
1: just ignore them. Like once their drinks are down, you don't have to put any of their food in for <laughs> as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true.
0: What's That's the true.
1: play? We're going to transition into just the tip here. Are you ready for it? What is the tip for those of us who get super in the weeds? We get triple sat, quadruple sat, n- nine tuple sat. That's 19 for the un-Latin speaking.
2: <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give this because I also didn't say what my most number was. because honestly, I, right. I, in, in fine dining, I've gotten pent- pentasat while talking to a table a table that was taking up a lot of time that I was spending a lot of time describing things to because I didn't think I was going to get pentasat at that moment. That sucked. But while cocktailing, I've had nine or ten tables fill up in the span of about six minutes. And this is more easy to do while cocktailing. But the move, you don't put shit in for anybody until you talk to everybody. Mm. You go down the line and you get everything you possibly can out of every single table and then you make a game plan if everyone just gets drinks awesome you can load up the bar (laughs) and then you can go (laughs) deal with the tables but off
0: your bartender Piss
2: off the bartender and and we can discuss the nuances of how to not overload a kitchen or a bar which is is actually a really good tip as well Mm. but at least you get you try and get the whole round or you get a gauge. So if one table is sitting, they're in no rush, they're like, yeah, we've just been tatting, we haven't looked at the menu. Awesome. Check them off the list. You don't have to fucking talk to them for a long time. Probably longer than they don't want to be talked to or not talked to. If you got tables that are ready to go, they're getting shot to Jameson and like they know what beers they want and they're regulars, whatever. Awesome. They're a different group. And then you have the family that already has their food and drink order ready to go. It's oh, like yeah. great, yeah. awesome. Your whole your whole service is done. I will talk to you, you one more time, and then you will give me money. Exactly. <laughs> and that And that is what you have to do. You have to go down the line, hit every single person, because that way none's left behind. You get a full sense of your game plan that you're developing for your section that's going to be your game plan for the next hour and a half or so. Yep. And you go from there. Because once yeah. you get,
1: like, nuked, once all your tables are full, your tables are full. like so sometimes that last table getting set's kind of nice because you're at the most busy you're going to be for a while
0: i think that i think that joey i mean this is kind of what you said but if you treat all of your your tables as one big table then you're going to be a little bit a little bit better off but one big table that has like individual needs in terms of your family maybe you have some needy family members and that's the people that you know are going to be like super super demanding so you take care of them more that's just what you're saying too Mm -hmm. as well but I like to think of it as a a big table.
2: I think from that point on, this is where it helps knowing your restaurant. Obviously, the people who order beer, if a table orders beers versus a table orders craft cocktails, you ring in those beers first. And you get them out and then maybe put like 30 seconds or so between between the next ticket or series of tickets you ring. Because you know those are going to be popping up in a minute to two minutes. And you can get those out of the well. Table is satiated because that's the end goal. Guest equals has thing in front
0: of them. And I think like from the side of the bartending, I don't really want to see, Joe's got a good point. I don't want to see five massive tickets come through all at once because that's, that's not fun. Like batching tickets like that isn't good. So I think that staggering them too is very helpful for not overloading your bar. And then the same thing goes for the kitchen as well. Try to feel the flow and not to throw a monkey wrench with your pentas your penta pen seating
2: <laughs> I
0: want to drink some wine.
2: Hi. Oh, wait. Actually,
0: I have one
1: more tip. I I was going to make a really good segue, but for the tip, (laughs) I will abstain.
2: Well, now you know that this segue is going to be great. No pressure. (laughs) One really important thing I learned when doing high volume is the two most important things in restaurant, I know I've said this on the podcast before, are greeting guests and running hot food. So if you're so busy that you actually don't have the time to talk and take an order to a table, do not walk by them without saying something. Mm. It's so, so vital. Even if it's a lie, like I will be right back or I'll let you guys and just admit it, probably not true. But at least they know you're the person in charge. You they aren't forgotten, they've been validated and heard and their presence at the table. And they aren't going so, like, so important. Who is our guy? What are we like, exactly what are mm-hmm. we doing? They're not here? in nebulous confusion. There is a timeline in sight. Vital. Absolutely vital if you can't actually take the table's order. Just say something as you're passing by.
0: Yeah. And if they're at the very least tiniest bit perceptive they will watch you and see oh he's actually doing shit he's not lying to me he apparently just got these four tables as well i'm gonna get taken care of it's a big if it's a big if <laughs> <laughs> so i like the
1: fifth table in a penta seating situation have been waiting a long time to
0: drink some wine <laughs> Eh? every good yeah it's pretty good, good. It's worth, good. It? worth yeah. the yeah. wait yeah. okay let's taste
1: some wine yeah. <laughs> all right
0: let me tell you the story of this bottle I went to. (laughs) I went to the shell the shell gas station to try to find a terrible bottle of wine because gas stations usually have terrible bottles of wine, right? I mean, that's why I go to gas stations. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not for gas. No, shitty wine. But they actually had a a decent wine selection, and this is the most or this is the cheapest bottle that I could find. It was six dollars. I was just kind of impressed with this gas station's wine selection. It's a Pinot No Noire Pinot Noir. It's a product of Italy what it says. It's called Vandori. I find that very questionable. Product of Italy is what it is. What? It's in Italy
1: invented wine <laughs> yeah, a long that a time ago.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's <laughs> generations later.
0: <laughs> For the tasting notes, it's aromatic with flavors of red berries and black cherries, good Ooh. with grilled salmon, roasted vegetables, or white meats. It says enjoy our wines and welcome from the Vandori family. Welcome. I don't know. We're being welcomed to two. Italy. Italy. Italy it, in your mouth. Is it saying
2: enjoy our wines and welcome? So, welcome from the Vendori family and enjoy our wines. From the family. Mm. Or, or this is actually ambiguous, and this is where the English person to me is coming out. Enjoy our wines and our welcome, basically, is what it's saying.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: That's probably how it's to be interpreted, but there's an agreement and an antecedent error there that these
0: people need to fucking learn. Maybe they just like copy paste it into a translation machine, mm. and it is actually super Italian.
2: Alright. <laughs> Product of Italy. Let's find so Wallace,
0: <laughs> why
1: don't you give us some notes on what Pinot Noir what are some general Pinot notes? So that way we can compare
0: to the universal standard. Yeah, I mean they're definitely lighter in flavor and color. Is, is it smooth? You can see this one. Um <laughs> is it smooth? It's very smooth. It's so smooth. That's us making fun of ourselves <laughs> saying <laughs> smooth so much girl. on the bar curl. <laughs> Every tequila we tried, smooth. So smooth. They they
1: were. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? In artifacts. Like, wow, this water slide's really watery. Well, you say
0: it about all of them. (laughs) It's (laughs) true about all of them. It's. The
1: water slide's really watery. I
0: don't think I've ever said that in my life. This water slide is so watery. I always say that. I'm going to say that every time going forward now. I come down, they're like,
1: how was it? My so watery breath. (laughs) All right, guys. Oh, I smell the cherry.
2: This does look like grape juice. This is the reddest wine I've ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: the lightest red. It's got that ocean breeze
1: look to it. Cranberry juice? I'm just picturing those farmers standing in those cranberry swamps. Can you believe cranberries have cranberry bogs? Yeah, the bogs. What? Are, That's crazy. Yeah, they're insane. I just
2: learned that these exist. Cranberries go in swamps? Yeah. yeah.
1: You see the, the commercial the with the cranberry really? dudes and they're standing up in the, like the, the water the up to their waist and they're in waders? Waiters. That's where... Cra- I, th- I guess that's where they come from? I don't know, man. What? Whoa.
2: Damn. It threw me through a loop.
1: Yeah. It's like a giant cranberry hot tub. Mm-hmm. And they all make baby cranberries. I don't know
2: if this wine now tastes like cranberries because we're talking about it so much. You're right. It tastes like that uh, Thanksgiving shit Dude, that comes in the does. shape of the
1: can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to does. slice it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved that when I was a kid, and I love this wine. <laughs> does this not
2: a little bit taste like
1: cranberries?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's very acidic, if that's what you're...
1: Yeah, but it's also Go got that it. like tartness. Tart mm. like
0: on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not bad. It's not too bad. It's very like one dimensional or whatever. I'm not a fan.
2: I think it's pretty bad. But I also but, hate cranberries.
1: And that mm. that could be it. Oh man, that was my favorite thing at Thanksgiving when I was a kid. I would just scoop off, like, half of that can-shaped log of cranberry <laughs> shit <laughs> and just, just carve that up. Mmm. How do you think they make that shit? What is? Uh, don't even ask me that, man. <laughs> like, don't ask me.
0: It's just, like, gelatin and cranberry chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not cranberry chemicals.
1: Who knows? They get little baby cranberry chemists to mix cranberry chemicals and pour it in, and it retains the shape.
0: I, I mean, I would drink this. It's not that great, but it's not bad. I don't know if I would sit down and drink this by itself. Like, it needs to be drank with something. It needs grilled salmon. Clearly. It needs to be drank with a
2: different wine.
0: Yeah. As in, you should just not drink this wine? Or you
2: drink this wine as fast as you can and then immediately wash it down with a better tasting wine. No, you drink the good wine
1: first, and then when you get drunk, you drink the bad wine. And then Jesus shows up and brings out the really good wine because he turned it... From water, can you imagine what that wine must have tasted like?
2: Yeah. Oh man, so good that oh, the drunk man. people
1: were like, "This is good wine, Jesus!" And Jesus <laughs> was like, "I know, I'm Jesus." What were you guys expecting, Rex Goliath? So, here's <laughs> here's the next question about this wine. We're gonna add a little add a little extra to our tasting notes today. What? What's the perfect situation to bust out? The Van Dory House Pinot Noir.
2: When and who and where would you serve this? Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll try to give you an honest answer as to what this would pair with. I can see this pairing with a lightly sauced penne that is... I say lightly sauced because the sauce is... Th- that's kind of redundant, but a thin thin sauce. You know, make it a thin arabietta or... Uh, not e- yeah, not even a marinara sauce. That's I mean, that's too thick. Just something where the the texture of the noodle is the forefront, and the lightness the the lightness and viscosity of this wine is not a palate cleanser, but a palate complement. And it's almost like you're not actually going to do this, but if you were to pour the wine into the pasta, it would add. It was it almost seems that if the pas- the pasta sauce could have been cooked with this wine. That's what I would pair it with.
0: I think that I would take it and the uh, aforementioned cranberry log. Do you guys ever take your mashed potatoes and, like, make a gravy? Oh, pit? yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. the
1: gravy volcano.
0: Yeah, of course. So what I would do is I would take the the, the, the cranberry log and make a this wine
1: pit mm. and pour the wine <laughs> into the cranberry log.
0: <laughs> yes. And then eat it. Um, yes. I don't know how I do it, probably with a spoon, but that's how I would do it. It would need spoon. its own bowl for sure. Yeah, it would be very messy. And then you just got to kind of drain the bowl into
1: your mouth after all the cranberries gone.
0: Yeah, it's a sign of, it's it's polite to do that with this wine. Yeah. It's a sign of full enjoyment. You got to slurp it. I think that's what the original Van
2: Dory's intended. Can I give another just a tip? Yeah. Just like an off-menu just a tip. Uh The best food item to do what you were just talking about with, pancakes and syrup. Ooh, oh, yes. Pull in the center. Oh my dump God. that shit. I don't know. I've never thought of <sighs> that. Yeah. Just, right. You like, cut the life. middle out. Yeah.
1: Two pancakes. You cut the middle out of the top one. Also, here is the correct place and time to bust out the Van Pinot Noir. So you're 22 years old. You just got invited to your girlfriend's Friendsgiving. Giving. Mm. That is when it's okay to go to the Shell gas station, buy a $6 bottle of wine, and show up with it because it looks. It looks not shitty enough. Yeah, it looks like a good wine Yeah, bottle. it doesn't look shitty. I mean, it looks shitty if you know what you're looking at. But if you're 22 going to your girlfriend's friend's giving, <laughs> none of them will. So bring this $6 bottle of wine and you're set. They'll probably be too polite to tell you how bad it is. They probably won't
0: even notice because they're also 22. Exactly. I think also a big factor in this wine's price tag is that all the, all the wine in the Shell gas station was marked up by about $2. Hmm. I noticed um, I noticed some some labels that I recognized. Uh, I don't want to say $2. I'm going to say they were marked up by about 20%. Yeah. So this wine is probably closer to the $3 to $4 to $5 range of pricing. That's my my guess on that one too. So Shell gas station liquor store is definitely, definitely jacking up the prices on their wine orders.
2: The so gas stations are four, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Say, here's
2: everything you possibly could need right now. And it's going to cost you. Convenience fee for sure. And the Shifty's podcast is brought to you by GoPuff. GoPuff, basically a 7-Eleven delivered to your house. It's fucking fantastic. Visit GoPuff.com and use the promo
0: code.
2: General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under this attack. so long. I've my mission to bring you to Alderaan's fate. I, that one. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory <laughs> systems of this R2 unit.
0: Primo my God father God. will know how
2: to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only... Wait, shit. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. my only...
2: Hope. We really got to cut down that, that video. Yeah, I,
1: for, I forget that it's so long. It's been a while since we've uh, busted out the old... Does the 35 second run time on the clip not indicate that to you? <laughs> um, yeah, but I didn't know where to jump in, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't I didn't have the time to cut down and decide where I was going to just jump into it at. It's right, to Joey. play the
0: whole thing. It's like when you're DJing and you pick a really bad little bite and you're like, Oh shit, that's a... A much larger build than I thought it was. you got to just let it play out. Yeah, you're just like, out, all right, man. guys, you're going to have to dance for eight extra bars. That's true. <laughs> I feel like I interrupted your bit,
1: even though I thought you were stalling because you figured out what I was going for. But nope. I guess you were not
2: stalling. No. So. I was trying to do a funny fake ad read. Oh. Except it's not fake because we're totally
0: sponsored by GoPuff. Please sponsor us. We're sponsored by
2: GoPuff. No, P- we, you can I, do, we're,
0: we're already on, man. Did... I, have a, I have a question for you guys, though. Yes. A serious one kind of coming from the the ad uh-huh. conversation. If we were sponsored, who would you all be personally sponsored by? What's the, the brand in your life that would sponsor you? As a you?
2: podcaster or just in life?
0: If you have to bring one um, brand to the podcast to sponsor us, like what's the service that you use the most or that you would, Ooh. you think that would be your your uh, sponsor? I, I genuinely would say GoPuff. GoPuff?
2: That is the only delivery to your house service that I use.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily drink a lot of local whiskey, but I feel like that would be a super cool thing for the podcast for like a local distillery to
0: sponsor us. That'd be awesome, especially awesome considering that we've never once drank whiskey on this podcast. Right? Maybe let's we go, should. Dude, That's the piece to, that we're let's missing. Go to JP Trodden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you? What would sponsor me, or what would I bring to the table? I mean, probably, probably like a local restaurant mm-hmm. as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right, so it's been a while since we've yelped "Miyobi One Kenobi," but we are going to go to. The restaurant that Andrew works at and talk about someone's not-so-great Valentine's Day experience. Uh, oh. All right, so Spencer S. says, had a reservation here for Valentine's Day for over two weeks. was told I'd have a table by the window. We got there and were sat next to where they grabbed the bread in a makeshift table that looked like they grabbed out of storage. Food wasn't that good for what they charge. I had the lamb. It tasted like pot roast. Girlfriend had pasta with some sort of cheese in it. Some sort of (laughs) cheese that had the consistency of a sponge. Wait staff was missing most of the time, had to ask for several refills, would not return.
2: All right, so more subject agreement areas. I don't know if the cheese had the consistency of the sponge or the pasta. Now that... By the English, sen- by the structure of the sentence in the English language, we would say the cheese had a consistency. So
1: language your language. grammar's wrong. So you're wrong. Fuck you, but Spencer also,
2: S. You can tell this guy has a point to prove because he said some kind of cheese. Like he mm-hmm. obviously had no problem with the cheese, but he has to call out, and say, "Oh, some some kind of cheese." I have to qualify every single part of everything I'm describing here. Mm-hmm. So you could tell he had a bad time.
0: I feel like I feel like. Where it came from was he? He feels like the fact that he had this reservation for two weeks means that he should have gotten preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. I don't feel. Like, I don't know if that's enough
2: time. It's fucking Valentine's Day, dude. Here's the thing so far out.
1: that yeah. you need to understand about the restaurant that I work at. It is Saint Valentine's Day jerks off to my restaurant. Like when, on his off days, he just shows up. He's like, "Oh yes, look at the just romantic ambiance here. Oh my God, it's like <laughs> built." for valentine's day it's our biggest day of the year we cram that place with two tops like an unbelievable amount i had 14 tables in a section that usually has seven or six just all the two tops everywhere and they're all full the whole time they're full from the second the door opens until it shuts And there's only, like, seven or eight tables by the window in the whole restaurant, man. Mm. Only, like, that many. I get it. You know, you want it to be all perfect and great, but so does everybody else. And there's a lot of other people eating there. Yeah. It's hard to talk to 13 people over and over and over again and, like, make everyone feel like you're paying attention to them
2: exclusively because you're
1: not. You have so much to pay attention to. Sometimes.
2: Just a tip. Bonus. Bonus. Number three. Oh yeah. Don't go to restaurants on Valentine's Day. That's the go real literally any real day, day, day around it. Any There's, other day. I promise you there are three weekend days the week of Valentine's Day. Just go then. Yep. Oh, my God. You'll save so much more money. You will have so much of a better time. Your mm-hmm. server will have
1: so much of a better time. You'll get better service. You have a
2: preset bullshit menu that costs yep. too much for Ooh, bad over- This is the food? other
1: thing that happened on Valentine's Day, and it happens every time we have a holiday menu. We show up, and they're like, hey, here's the holiday menu. Not the same menu. Things are in totally different places. You've been looking at this for one second. You already have four tables. Go!
0: <laughs> so the servers aren't ready. No, every you know. time. I would say there's very few actual holidays you should go out for. Like, go to restaurants for. Um, C0. I still think... <laughs> oh, man. I still think that if you do Cinco de drinko, that's one that mm. can be fun. Because there's enough Mexican restaurants out there that have... It's you know, just an excuse, excuse for white drink. people to get drunk on
1: tequila,
2: though.
0: Yeah, which is a fantastic the, holiday. The best liquor
2: to get drunk on, too. So it makes the best time.
0: Yeah, I think one, and it's also usually open, and it's not as bad as St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Like, restaurants are going to usually be open for Cinco de Drinko. I'm not even saying Cinco de Mayo because it's not even a properly celebrated holiday. I just, like you said, it's an excuse and for white people excuse for white people to get drunk on tequila. Which, if that's all you're doing, and that's all you need, and you want the reason for it, that sounds like a grand old time.
2: Yeah. Okay, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do people say Cinco de Drinco when Drinco de Mayo is so much better?
1: wow. I think they like the rhyme, but you're right that Drinco de Mayo is better. Cinco de Drinco. It's clunky. Drinco de Mayo. Cinco de Drinco. It's because it's unexpected. Like the first person who said Cinco de Drinco, it was probably
2: really funny, Mm -hmm. but now it's just sort of trodden out. Sure. It's like you're trying too hard. Cinco de Drinco. You changed the whole word. You could have just changed one letter and then made that word the word you're trying to say. Yeah.
0: Full also, letter. from from a grammar point, Cinco de drinko makes no sense. Yeah. It's like five of Drinco. The fifth of drinking. But
2: that's <laughs> why it's so
1: good. Yeah. It's so inane and fucking stupid. <laughs> and of course, just white bullshit. Yeah. Like, of course, white frat dudes are like, Cinco de drinko oh, They were all out of Corona, so I got Pacifico! <laughs>
2: Not a bad substitute. I actually so I would say a much, much prefer uh, Pacifico. Yeah.
0: Corona in, is one of the worst beers. It's in, in, one of the worst in
1: college, ones. though?
0: I always drink Corona. Oh, come on,
1: man. Corona's great.
0: Corona's, Corona's great. Corona great. Corona is... Pacifico's is better. Actually not great. I'm sorry. There's reasons why Corona's not great. I say any beer that's served in a clear bottle is going to be not great. That's just my belief. I do... Questionable. I do bottle is an a,
2: argument that uh, when... I forget what the company is. It's like Star Brands or something bought out Corona. It was the same thing that happened with, uh, blue moon. They Heineken just bought them. They changed the, they changed out the, but the, the parent company, even oh, even yeah, those yeah. guys, um, they just basically do what happens with big corporate things, buy out smaller things, which is change the recipe to make it more efficient. Mm. Like blue moon. I don't know if you guys noticed this about three or four years ago, got bad. And before that it was amazing. It's cause they took out a lot. I don't know enough about brewing to, to explain this, but they literally changed the recipe to make hmm. it more generic. And so it tastes more like, water beer instead of the, the citrusy goodness it used to be.
1: Stick it to the man, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see the same thing happening with Corona.
1: For sure. And I guess really just to bring it all full circle, while I may not have Corona at my restaurant, even though it's Valentine's Day, you should just be chill because you got a reservation on Valentine's Day. Sorry there's mm. no Corona or Pacifico. You have a reservation on Valentine's Day. Wait, was he actually upset about that? No, oh. I'm just uh, oh. including this in a weird hypothetical situation. Um, <laughs> sorry, you're eating sponge cheese, man. Sponge like, cheese. If you wanted good service and better quality food, go on a night when there's no one else there and they don't have to make 400 meals.
2: Fun fact, I went to your restaurant for a Valentine's Day once, mm-hmm. not on Valentine's Day. And That's the way, way to great. do it.
1: Yeah, yeah it me great. too. I went there before I worked
0: there. Also, Valentine's Day is a bullshit holiday. If you love someone, just, you know. Just, just take them to nice go. restaurants. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: on the farthest end of the calendar away from valentine's day like however many days is exactly 182.5 days away
2: so you go to lunch
0: yeah <laughs> go to lunch 180 point <laughs> never mind 182.5 days away from valentine's day yeah that was good that's that's the right math right correct yeah cool
2: or as we've said many 30 times 30 30 30
0: this 30 is also a math
1: podcast on occasion we bust into the math podcast
2: mm. well we did just do the latin words to talk about jumping up in uh, That's true. numerical prefixes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Those
1: are all Latin? Yeah. So, would you rather meet a ghost or an alien?
2: Well, I feel like we just went off-menu there.
1: Yeah, we went way off-menu. Off off menu. remember about the 17th <laughs> time so this podcast,
2: far. but this is way more off-menu. <laughs> oh, man. I'd, I've been thinking about this one for weeks. Mm. I met aliens in my dreams last night. Oh, yeah? That was trippy as hell. Yeah. You know what's funny? In my dream, I was like, shit there's aliens they weren't invading but everyone kind of knew like we all saw flying saucers and stuff and we were like oh shit and i totally wanted to meet the aliens so yeah i would go i mean i believe in aliens i also believe in ghosts and i feel like the propensity for an alien to not want to just like fuck me up is a lot higher meaning the alien will not inherently want to kill me as bad as a ghost might And I also understand the physical properties of a physical being, and I don't understand the ethereal properties of an ethereal being. Mm. So I'd rather meet an alien. That's interesting.
0: I think, and I've thought about this a little bit too, I think I'd rather meet a ghost. Similar reasons as to why Joey says that he'd rather meet an alien. Because I think that aliens are real. I think that there's a total statistical probability of there being aliens out there. I don't really need that to be proven as much i would say but if i see a ghost that makes me think there's so much more interesting stuff going on in the world that we're contained to yeah. already it's a much more it's opening up the door it's actually kicking the door wide open for magic and for all sorts of crazy shit to go down yeah. on this planet
2: it confirmed
0: spirits are real yeah some sort of some form of like powers are still out there and that's way if you ask me way more powerful than an alien could be and it's much more inspiring and exciting to dig into the world that we currently have.
2: Hmm. So yours is wonder-based. I think mine is more
0: fear-based. I'd be terrified of both but I I would be less scared of an alien for sure I think. Actually
1: that's basically exactly my thought process. If we're assuming both exist then I would want to meet a ghost Because if ghosts are real, I want to know they're real. Like, Mm. that is some paradigm-shattering stuff right there. If it turns out that there's, like, supernatural ghosts of people who died and are still living, that would utterly shift my entire worldview, which would be insane. Like, Mm. and I would want to know so I could live the rest of my life accordingly. I already, like, kind of believe aliens are real. So I would like to meet an alien if the question is more like, oh, if you meet an alien, it doesn't necessarily mean ghosts are real. If only aliens exist, I would love to be in a scenario where I met the aliens and it was just mind-blowing and edifying and like, wow, look at species from across the universe. Wow, life is so amazing. But if ghosts were real, I would need to know that shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, there's so many implica- implications of ghosts are real yeah. because you could end up being a ghost. I'd have so many questions. What What should I avoid to not be a ghost? Or do I want to be a ghost? Oh, yeah. Would you rather just die and go into nothingness forever or go to be a ghost? Is being a ghost the same thing as like purgatory where you can eventually I don't know. release and go? or are you being stuck forever? Being a ghost forever? would probably suck. It would probably, definitely suck. You could watch a lot of movies.
2: You could watch so many movies. You could travel around the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. That might be worth. It's more, yeah, it's all conditional, right? which I suppose is why there's more wonder in discovering that ghosts exist. However, everything we know about ghosts is they just hang around the same place all the time. Ghost folklore has so much just negativity and evil attached to
1: it, whereas aliens have a lot more curiosity and looking upward in science
2: and development. Mm -hmm. So the the implications of being a ghost, which is, fuck, man, I'm just here. I can't talk to anybody. I can just... Scared the shit out of people every now and again. But that probably makes them pissed, right? Or yeah. at the very least, not great to be around. Whereas aliens, more than likely, are so advanced that their consciousnesses are so far beyond our own that whatever our like human squabbles and fears are, are like, Phew, we figured that out two billion years ago. Guess what we can do now? And they just, I don't know, teleport you to the butt dimension or something. But the... <laughs> they would have no motive or incentive to fuck with you because that would be below them.
1: Yeah. Or even, I would rather meet an alien who was closer to our level. You know, a lot, yeah. not some omniscient, just crazy, all-over-the-universe aliens that are invading Earth or something. I would love to meet an alien who just barely figured out how to get to Earth. And they're like, we finally made it. Oh, man. We've been trying to fly to you guys forever. We watched all of Gilligan's Island.
0: We watched all of
1: Gilligan's Island. <laughs> like, that's when they left their planet is when Gilligan's Island came out. And they're like, all right, guys, study this so you can get oh to know planet Earth. They would, they they're would... making all these, like, 80s TV shows. Is that 80s? Is that even earlier? It's like, f- it's like 50s or early. 60s, man. It's it's black not... and white,
0: yeah. yeah. That's, like, before Wizard of Oz. yeah. Right? It's gotta be if it's black and white. You're right. And then it
1: would sort of parallel their own journey Mm. as castaways who strand themselves on a distant rock, thus making the alien who watched Gilligan's Island, Gilligan himself. Alright, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, Gilgalian. Gilgalian? Oh! That was so good. I think we have to end the show right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are editing the show right now. Well, you don't what, have what to. What else do we have to talk about? I don't know. I, don't, I, I think the question is Just out there. This tweet is been answer to mostly
2: us. riffing, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah. Probably the least structured of the three of us episodes. But you know what? Whatever. I've been enjoying this. Just yeah.
1: the three of us. We can make an episode if we try. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Shifty's, a podcast about restaurants, and us as well. Those people that work inside of them. You know, Spencer S., I think that was your last letter. Sorry you had a bad time on Valentine's Day. We tried to le- not let you have a bad time, and you did. And it was probably at least a little bit our fault. I hope you return. I hope you got laid that night. Me too. Well, kind of no, though. Kind of not really. I'm, both, I'm, I'm, I'm a on. foot in
2: both camps. <laughs> I was trying to make a sex joke out of that, and it was kind of hard. Yeah?
1: Yeah? <laughs> ah! Nice. Uh, righty. it's, my, it's uh, my name's Andrew. And
2: I'm Wallace. And I'm Joey.
1: And it has been our privilege and our pleasure
0: to serve you.